The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke in the 19th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Well, everyone, happy Reformation Sunday. It's, yeah, thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank you, choir. <laughs> it's okay to return the, com the comment. Happy Reformation Sunday. Thank you. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> um, it's always nice to have a wonderful celebratory day within the church here, and this happens to be one of it. And I'm happy to see that some of you have remembered to wear your red. And I'm wondering, as you got dressed this morning, did you think, wow, yeah, we're wearing red because it's Reformation Sunday, and I know what that means. Judy did? What, what, is, what does the color red mean, Judy? Blood. No. <laughs> Anyone else have any other guesses? What? Royalty. That's purple, Fred. <laughs> what's, what's going on here? What do we, what do we got? Fire, yes, okay, and what's this guy? It's the, yes, the dove, which represents the Holy Spirit. There we go, okay, so now when I ask you next year, you'll know. Red is the color of Reformation Sunday because it's a day where we celebrate the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit coming to... Us, yeah, okay, okay. Who else? Everyone. Everyone, the church. Martin Luther, yes, who said that? Good job, Dick. Yes, Martin Luther. <laughs> All right, everybody needs to go to Pastor Andrew's talk in between service because you all are failing this quiz. <laughs> 
Yes, today is Reformation Sunday. It is the day where we celebrate the Holy Spirit's work through Martin Luther way back in 1517, 500 years ago, when he nailed those 95 theses to the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany. And Martin Luther was a German monk. If you, if you want to uh, watch a kind of a fun movie, there's that great movie called Luther. I really like that movie. Is it Joseph Fiennes? Joseph Fiennes, yeah. Um, yeah, I won't tell you too. I, I was a little obsessed with that movie in middle school. And it was because I really liked Luther, but there were some other reasons too. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. We're getting back on point now. Okay, red is all about the Holy Spirit and the Reformation. Come to Pastor Andrew's talk. We'll talk more about the Reformation later. But first, I want to talk to us about clothes. As some of you are wearing red, and maybe some of you might have felt a little like, oh goodness, oh darn, I forgot to wear red today. So clothes. I myself am pretty passionate about clothes. I love them. I love getting dressed. I love wearing fun outfits. I happen to be a very gifted shopper. So <laughs> if anyone needs any help anytime, I'm here. But clothes can make us feel a lot of different ways. We can dress to feel comfy or cozy or fancy. We have uniforms, we have workout clothes, daytime and nighttime clothes, underclothes, outer clothes, clothes up here that can keep us very warm, right? Less clothes that keep us cool. Clothes can be a huge deciding factor in whether you're welcomed and accepted or excluded and judged. Just think about your own perceptions of people and what they wear. Think about the different feelings you might have between someone who's wearing a suit versus someone who's wearing clothes that might be dirty or have holes in them. Lately, my own family has been talking a lot about clothes, and especially the clothes that my youngest nephew, who is seven, wants to wear. You see, he is deeply passionate about the color purple. Purple everything. And so we have bought him a lot of purple things. But recently we found out that he was getting picked on, on the school bus on his way home from school. And we knew, and I think you all know why as well. There's this notion that we carry in society that certain colors are for certain genders, right? Blue is for boys, pink is for girls, purple is not necessarily for boys. Now, years ago, perhaps, when my oldest nephew was Corin's age, my family might have dissuaded him from wearing purple or allowing him to dress up in girls' clothes, or to be Elsa from Frozen for Halloween, which Corin looked great in, by the way, last year. But we've changed a lot. We've changed a lot. And we delight in my youngest nephew now, his desire to him express himself through clothing. 
We have done our very best not to say this is for girls and this is for boys. And so we were really upset and hurt when we found out that some of his peers were teasing him for his personal style while he was riding home from school. And so there's this line that we're now trying to walk. We want his wonderful little light, the joy that he feels in his purple clothes not to be extinguished. But we also want him to be safe in the world and not to be bullied. So we've been asking ourselves, what do we do? Do we tell him that he needs to change to fit into what society says is acceptable? Into what those bullies' ideas of right clothing is? What do we do? Who needs to change? We all know that change is difficult. Change is hard. It can be uncomfortable at times. We can often be resistant to it, and I know I have said before, and you all might have said as well, I'm too old to change. Yet change can be good. It is essential for life. It can help us rethink things for the better and be open to new things that might even surprise us. God knows that way back when Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses to the door of the Church of Wittenberg, he really wanted the Catholic Church to change from within. He especially wanted them to stop selling these things called indulgences. They were pieces of paper that the church told people released them from purgatory faster. The church was selling them to a lot of poor people who couldn't afford them in order to pay for some building projects. So Martin Luther, when he called for change, he didn't originally want the church to split apart. He wanted it to reform from within. But the church didn't want to change. And so the Reformation begins. To me, change is the spirit of the Reformation. And reforming is to change from within, to literally be reformed. Now, a couple weeks ago, uh, Pastor Andrew and I were having coffee with our colleagues. We were discussing how the church and how to help the church become more welcoming. Welcoming especially to people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, and asexual. That is the acronym that we commonly know as LGBTQIA. During this conversation, that age-old rule that many of us know or have heard or even still follow came up. It is love the sinner, hate the sin. Now, it often gets used against LGBTQIA people. Something that might be said when we follow that rule is that, oh, we can love them, but we don't have to like them or who they sleep with or their gender expression. When we say love the sinner, hate the sin, we might mean that in order for the other person to be fully loved, they have to change to fit into what we think is right or moral. They have to fit into what we think is right within our conscience or what we think is written in the Bible. 
But if you're asking me, I will tell you plainly, you can't say love and hate in the same sentence and mean both of them. Thanks. Wow, that's my first amen. <laughs> and the church has historically been a place where people who are different cannot be safe or welcomed. I would say that the church in general is a place where we will maybe tolerate people who are different as long as they are willing to conform. They have to be normal or what we think is okay. And so it was really powerful to me during this con conversation with our colleagues when Pastor Alex LaChapelle at Prince of Peace said that in his own experience, he has found that when he feels uncomfortable or judgmental, or maybe he's eyeballing a sin in someone else, he recognizes when he might be the one that needs to change his own perspective. And that got me thinking about the Reformation and being reformed. The Reformation happened over 500 years ago. We've changed a lot in that time. We are a very different church today than we were then. So I was thinking, where will we be 500 years from now? And will people still want to be a part of the church? We, as a congregation, as a people, as Christian people, we might need to reflect a little bit more on what Reformation need, means. We might need to be the ones who are willing to reform within ourselves. It might be something within our hearts that needs to change so that the church can continue to grow and to be a place where many, especially those who have been historically cast out or tolerated at best, can find community in Christ. Because we have something in our faith and in Lutheranism and in our community that we should be excited and open to share with other people. What is it? Do you know? It's Jesus, guys. <laughs> Jesus. I, I love Jesus because I think Jesus is really great and wonderful. Jesus is awesome. So why wouldn't we want to invite people to know who Jesus is? Why would we want to keep that to ourselves? We should feel just as excited as Zacchaeus does when he hears that Jesus is near. Because Zacchaeus in our gospel is so excited that he moves himself through the crowds. He changes his position. He can't see, so he climbs a tree to get a better vantage point since he is a short man. Um, Pastor Andrew and I were talking in our Bible study this week, and he said, can you imagine a grown man in robes trying to climb a tree? Right? It's silly, but he does it because he, want to see, he wants to see Jesus so badly. It's beautifully comical. And when Jesus sees him in that tree, he approaches him and he says, hurry down, Zacchaeus, for I'm going to stay at your house today. This moment of encounter with Jesus 
it doesn't just move Zacchaeus physically. It changes his heart. It causes him to give away half of his belongings, and if he's wronged anyone, he is going to be willing to repay them fourfold. And because Zacchaeus' heart is changed, Jesus proclaims that salvation has come near to his house. By loving his neighbor, he in turn finds wholeness. Last week, Pastor Andrew told us about the Pharisee and the tax collector. Both of them needed mercy. Today, Zacchaeus needs mercy because he too is someone who has sinned and fallen short. Pun intended. But the point of the parable is for us to see ourselves as Zacchaeus. For us to recognize that there might be some changes within our hearts that need to happen in order for us to better love our neighbors. And so I want us to think back to the Reformation, to reforming, and the continued Reformation that we as people who follow Jesus might need to have. I know that Messiah has done a lot of work to be a place that is safe and welcoming to people who are LGBTQIA, to share the good news of Jesus with everyone, a place where a little boy wearing purple could feel welcomed and accepted, a place where your gender identity is celebrated, where you can marry the person you love, and I am grateful for that and for you. And I know that it took a lot of hearts changing for that to happen. But we can't be done reforming. We still have work to do because there are places where people are not welcomed into the body of Christ or hated because of their so-called sin. But when we as a church, as people of Christ, stop reforming, we close ourselves off from that Holy Spirit and the fire. We are no longer worthy of wearing red. And so we can't stop reforming because there is good news that needs to be shared with those in our communities. There are those who need to be welcomed in and reached out to. If we love Jesus, we should want to share Jesus with literally everyone. We should want everyone to get to be part of the body of Christ and to feel safe and welcomed here. So this Reformation Sunday, I want us to think and to dig deep. What is it within our hearts that might be holding us back from including someone else into the body of Christ? And can we ask the Holy Spirit to continue to reform us, to help us change and to be Reformation people so that many may know the love of God? Amen.